Welcome to the Two Marketeers podcast, where marketing swashbucklers, Sean and Lindsay, seek to demystify the fascinating world of modern marketing. Each episode takes listeners on a storytelling adventure that informs, entertains, and inspires marketing enthusiasts of all kinds. And now, here are your hosts, the two marketeers themselves, Sean Patrick and Lindsay Wow! Yeah! Woo! Take the stick! Hello. Hey. Ooh. Hey. Hey, Ken. Hey, Bobby. Hey. Is there a Today garbage we're no Bobby? Sean and Lindsay. Today oh? we're Ken and Barbie. Are we? You know, Barbie ditched Ken. I didn't know that, but she ditched him, so. They broke up? Right. Yeah, I'll tell you all about it. Is she into other Barbies now? <laughs> Good on ya, Barbie. Go, Barbie. Good on ya. She's now Barb. Barb. She's now Barbara. <laughs> oh, she's so sophisticated. I grew up with a Barbie. Did you like a, a person? I was gonna say with a Barbara. I I had a couple of Barbara friends, but we, I had a, you know there were Barbies in my class. Like, like that, was, that was their actual name. Yeah, short for Barbara. Barbie. Am I dating myself? I love yeah. those names. It's like when people are Midge. named like Gigi or like Cookie. I want to be named Gigi. Is that Cheryl? Basically. Gosh darn. <laughs> i got to turn this off. Power down, Cheryl. Power down. Power oh, down. Cheryl's at your house today. She was at my house last time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we always have some sort of Cheryl around these days. Do people, does every, is that international? Because I only learned from you that Cheryl was like a Karen at the office. No, I don't know that this is a widely known thing. Okay. So tell us a bit about who Cheryl is. So Cheryl, again, for those who aren't sure of what we're talking about, we've been talking about it for a year, basically, is the fictitious office colleague who roams around your house doing the annoying things. Well, your office. Usually. Yeah, your office. Yeah, exactly. Your house, your office. Um, the person that you can blame for stuff when you don't want to blame one of your significant other or family members because that's going to cause a riff for the rest of your lockdown days, which seems to be for a long time. So, so when you're, when as an office... example, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. As an example, you're recording a podcast and someone says, hey, that sounds like a great time to make a smoothie. Yeah. And you can be like, Cheryl! No smoothies for the Cheryl, next Cheryl, hour. <laughs> I have a better Cheryl because that's sort of like that when that happened to me, it was a fifteen-year-old who just doesn't even know what's going on. She just rolled out of bed. But it's when Cheryl is like in the room and thinking they're <laughs> yeah. not interrupting, and either they're staring at you. I think your Cheryl does that. You know, like, are we going to do something about this? And you're like, I can't. I gotta go. I gotta. I hang on. I gotta deal with this. <laughs> and then every time that person, I've got one too, sneaking something out of that bag, and whenever they're finally like, okay, I'll go back now. You're like, hey, take care, Cheryl. Take yeah. care. Yeah, you have a so you can be like, I'm passive aggressively mad at you, but I can't be mad at actually you because it will ruin the rest of my lockdown life. Yeah. Or day at least. Yeah, like, hey, I'm doing the presentation of my life right now <laughs> on To the Zoom, Queen of England. The most important career moment of mine, but you would like to stand beside me and ask me if we need hand soap on Amazon <laughs> while in frame and I have to pause with the Queen of England to look at you and say, like, Are we no, doing this, Cheryl? Okay. I think we're okay. Are we doing this? 
Thanks, Cheryl. Please see yourself out. (laughs) (laughs) And then the best part is once the other person knows that you call them Cheryl, then they're like, oh, I get it. You're super mad at me. You're like, yes, I am, Cheryl. Please leave. (laughs) But then you never have to talk about it again. Yeah, it's the new office politics, the post-pandemic politics of the office. Yeah, exactly. I like it. It's I just love how you weren't even Cheryl. able. I love how you weren't even able to separate the fact that it's you know it's it's an office thing, and then you're like, so ch- is an no, o- is a colleague now. who roams around your house, and I'm like, no, that's creepy, Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> it's a colleague who pops by your desk, but your desk happens to be in your bedroom, so it just gets worse and worse. It's when your colleague Cheryl is in your underwear drawer asking you if you need new underwear, and you're like, what? I Anyways. wish someone was responsible for buying me new underwear. Like full of a household, like responsible for a household full of undie pants you, over You're here. responsible for a household of a lot of things. As any mother. No, Cheryl does a decent job. No, I know. As I do 50% a decent job. 50% Cheryl. But it's just, let's be honest. If if it's like life or death, you know, does are, are we going to die if the underwear isn't done? I'd be like, no, you know, flip them whatever you'd be like no we will die right a good mom would be like, we will die if i do not get like you know what take the underwear out of the package wear it good luck to you no not a good mother a good mother would be like do not touch that until i have boiled it yeah exactly putting it near your best business there so no (laughs) your best (laughs) your best biz section i don't think so (laughs) it's gotta be fresh I was going to say, on that note. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. We took a few week hiatus here. We haven't had our little chats. Tell me about your life. Tell our listeners how you are. I'm great. Uh, It it was a little bit of a, April was a bit of a hellish month. Totally noted it was going to happen. And it's, it was a good thing. It was a big project. But uh, that project wrapped up on Wednesday. Um, And also Simone, my wife, was working on it as well. So. Um, there were no Cheryl's That's like allowed. Cheryl yeah. to the next level. I was just <laughs> yeah, going to say, like, that's Cheryl to the next level. That's when you can be just as much Cheryl as they can, and it's just sort of let you just take it. But anyways, you know, 20 Oh, to be clear, I'm the worst Cheryl. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Because well, I'm like, I'm I know that you're talking high. to Global, but like, are you making dinner or me? <laughs> like, what's happening? Because, you know, I don't cook, and I would like to have a glass of wine instead. So like, are you Oh, hi, client. Is that your CEO? <laughs> hi. Oh, hey, my daughter just needs to, my daughter, it's his daughter too. <laughs> I know you're, I know you're talking to Global, but like our daughter just needs to print a quick kitty cat picture that she's going to color with new crayons that just arrived from Amazon. So if I can pop in real quick, I'm just going to grab a quick, I'm not, no, I'm not disturbing you. I'm not. You can't even hear the printer beside you. That's exactly what Simone did, remember? I was like, just pull it out of the bag. <laughs> yeah, with the crinkling of the bag. I was like, what's in there? She's looking at me with a big smile like, you don't hear? You can't, you know, this, you can't hear this. Yeah, it's like, she's looking at you? Yeah, all five fans of this podcast, including Lindsay's mother, can hear this. So just do it. Just take it, whatever's in that bag, get it out. Okay, bye, Cheryl. Uh, I'm good. I'm great. I just feel almost like I feel like I should be going on a vacation now, like because you know I'm yeah, the only person in the world like who deserves, the deserves it. No, it's just like okay. So, good news is I'm diving back into the podcast. So we're going to be doing uh, twelve podcasts in May. Um, I really look forward to it. <laughs>
I did not get that memo. So I'm going to have to go clear my shed real quick. Uh, anyways, we yeah, we literally I'm do good. one every morning. We have that much to talk about. We do. Every morning we're like, oh, look at this. Hey, look, look at this. Where did you see this? Oh my gosh. This. We'll book 30 minute calls and the first 25 minute, because we know we both come prepared. We both have done what was supposed to happen in the meeting. And then it'll be like, okay, so are we doing this? Yeah, here's that. Okay, I'll send you this. Okay, I'll send you that. Great. Have a great week. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, it's the best. Right? Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. So yeah, I, I you know highlight of my week was doing a really big pitch. I was actually hired to be the the pitch winner. The pitch master. Like yeah. Pitch master. Um, it was really big. There was about twelve people on the call. It actually went really smoothly. Uh, kudos to my client who were making the pitch. They're an event company, so of course they'd have to do that well. It just went really well, and I, the team. <clears throat> it's a pretty broad team, but. Um, they were all very experienced um, and all very good at what each of them, including me, did. And it just was a great project. Um, you are an excellent presenter. Really? So I can see. Yes. Oh, you are Super too. into the storytelling. Bring the theatrics. You're not boring to listen to. You know how many people are like boring to listen to? And you're like, we're on Zoom. This is awful. Wouldn't that be a horrible thing to find out on this podcast? You know what, Sean? I need to tell yeah. you something. Please reply in the comments if you completely disagree with me that Sean is actually awful to listen to. <laughs> Not me, of course. Yeah, it wouldn't Sean. be me. Just let Sean know how awful he is. He may be in case that's the thing. Okay, so what are we talking about today? Because we could Bobby! We're talking about Barbie today because... Why? Why? Because... You know, one of my favorite resources, the drum. Just no, I've never enough. heard of that being cannot, a resource. <laughs> I cannot get enough of the drum. So I saw an article come out, I think it was a few days ago, May 3rd. And the headline is, More Dolls, Fewer Screens. Barbie promotes the brain benefits of play. So the first thing, I'm like, ooh, because my children are getting into the Barbie years, which... I could not be happier about because I was obsessed with Barbie as a child. I can with see that. the condo and the RV and the whole shebang. It was the I best. mean, she had it all. A condo, an RV, all the things you've dreamt of. Yes. What I wouldn't do right now for my own condo and an RV to just drive away. <laughs> when you think about it, Barbie had it going on. That's she what was I pandemic mean. ready. Right? Yeah, she was to hit the road alone. <laughs> she was ready to go to the moon alone. I'll tell you a bit about that. But yeah, yeah Barbie's ready. So, to, she's good to go. I love I Barbie. It. I've always loved Barbie. I know they've gotten some flack over the years. Some. I'm sure you'll talk about that later. But I couldn't be more excited that my children are discovering Barbie. Um, and actually, it's a really cool process to go through with them now because of how diverse Barbie dolls are now so you're like looking at the new products that they have out and I'm like wow good this is amazing and good on you and like helping watching my children you know pick out things that maybe as well don't look exactly like them and look like other people in the world and like talking about that it's awesome or that they so, can even have a Barbie that could look like them even if it's not the one they select I mean there was a time Barbie was Barbie right blonde blue exactly yeah, exactly. So the article in the drum, 
um, kicks off with today. Mattel's timeless toy brand Barbie kicks off A Doll Can Change the World, a new campaign inspired by recent neuroscience research indicating that positive cognitive and behavioral impacts of playing with dolls. I was like, okay, this is written for me. Did someone just give this to me as a gift? <laughs> they did. The drum. Daily gift. Barbie plus recent neuroscience research. I was like, this is the best worlds thing collide. I've ever seen. Yeah, worlds collide. So I sent this to Sean. I'm like, we have to talk about this. There's, It's going to be amazing. So I'll just read a little bit of this drum article. Do you see how so we, we collaborate? Kind of Do you see how we collaborate here, everyone? Just, just want to say, <laughs> we're doing this. See you Friday. No, we do bounce things around. It's just so funny when you hear it. So I told Sean we have to do this. So anyway, blah, blah, blah. Not because I'm trying to rule this podcast, which we all know I actually am trying to do, but because I was so excited about this. It was pretty brilliant. You had me at hello. Like the campaign itself is, it's touching. Like it's like, you know what? It you, It's about seeing things differently without having to change the essence of what the Barbie brand has always been about. Yeah, and it does make you believe. You're like, yeah, Barbie, yes. It was so enlightening. It was such a perfect thing to see. Um, so good on them because they got me. Okay, so this article says, can a doll change the world? Mattel thinks so. The toy giant is today debuting a global campaign inspired by the findings of a recent neuroscience study conducted by research at Cardiff University in conjunction with Barbie. Part of Barbie's You Can Be Anything initiative, which seeks to empower children to pursue their dreams, the new campaign, A Doll Can Change the World, features various scenes of children engaged in thoughtful acts with their dolls. Each moment is paired with a text overlay stressing the value of qualities like empathy, generosity, patience, inclusivity, and understanding. Mm. The film wraps with a series of quick cuts, one child pushes a doll in a swing while another brushes a doll's hair. It closes with the line, if a doll can help a child develop empathy, a doll can change the world. Boom. That just make it, it makes me feel it's a little just, emotional. It's just so basic. And like, yep, I think yeah. it, empathy is the key to everything. Not just branding. And w- <laughs> 100%. We've like done so much reading and speaking about like, brands and empathy and the role of empathy in the world now and how brands can support that and and all of this. And I'm like, yes, this is like getting to it at the very early stages of life. So they also go on to say, as category leaders in the doll category, we've always known that doll play had a positive impact on kids, build storytelling, imagination, and creativity. The benefits of doll play have been somewhat underappreciated by parents as imaginative play patterns do not have a tangible output, such as finishing a craft or drawing a picture. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's so interesting. Mm -hmm. The research from Cardiff University provides us with neuroscientific data that demonstrates the positive benefits doll play has on preparing children for the future through nurturing social skills like empathy. I'm like, yes, this ha- I c- completely agree. And I believe that this has to be true. They say researchers employed neuroimaging to study the brains of children playing with dolls like Barbie. They observed that even when children played alone, parts of the brain associated with social information processing lit up with activity. Hmm. We use this area of the brain when we think about other people, especially when we think about another person's thoughts or feelings. 
Dolls encourage them to create their own imaginary worlds as opposed to, say, problem-solving or building games. They encourage children to think about other people and how they interact with each other. Boom. So they say to bring these findings to life, Barbie teamed up with BBHLA, which is an agency, um, obviously in L.A., if every child is taught empathy and holds on to these skills, nurtures it, and grows up with it, the next generation as a whole will be more empathetic, which has a potential to change everything. The world needs more empathy right now, and a doll can help us get there. So they say this is a natural evolution of the Barbie brand. And I think the really interesting thing that they talk about when they're starting to talk about the evolution is that they identified the problem first. So they said... Right. Um, in a study that they conducted globally with 15,000 parents in 22 countries, they found that as of last July, 91% of parents ranked empathy as a key social skill that would they would like their children to develop, but only 24% were aware that doll play can help their child develop these skills. So I think it's so cool for Barbie as a brand to say, we know that there's the benefits of playing with dolls. We're unsure exactly, you know, statistically or science-wise, like neuroscience-wise, the way to say that or prove that. So we're going to ask parents, you know, what's important to them and then find out where the gap is. So they said empathy is important to 91% of parents. Only 24% are aware that doll play can help with this. So then they went out to prove that, to say... We're going to partner, do this study, and prove that playing with dolls actually does help develop skills like empathy. So kind of like how, Sean, we've talked about so much in the past with story doing and putting your actions first before you communicate everything. Then they did the study and have now turned it into a campaign as their proof point as to why doll play is so valuable with um, developing things like empathy, with cl which clearly we need more of these days. So such a cool process. So say again, it was 91% know that, feel that empathy is a crucial in the, in, in you know, learning empathy is crucial to their 91, child's development. 91% of parents ranked empathy as a key social skill they would like their child to develop. Right. I mean, this is so formulaic. 24% were aware that doll play can help develop those skills. Right. So to look at it from that truly strategic perspective, it's okay. So they saw the need. They saw this as a priority to parents, yet so few of them knew of a great way to do it. So the brand thought, well, wait a minute. Instead of just making claims and trying to sell it, they they, they filled that gap. It's just, I would say, let's close that gap. Let's make parents aware of the benefits of doll play. Let's not just look at it as a way to sell Barbie. Let's look at it as, as the bigger picture and let's be part of that. That's like That's what strategy is all about. Do you know what I mean? Like this, yeah. none of this, they, the, the research they did was about doll play. It wasn't just about Barbie. So of course, yes, they had their interests right. at heart, but they had to look at a bigger problem. If, if parents are struggling or struggling or know that there's, there's got to be a struggle there if the vast majority of them know that empathy is a priority in the raising of their child, why not make sure we can find a way to inform them of a great way to, to start to close that gap and in a very compelling way. And what, what I mean by that is not in the marketing is that doll play is a very compelling solution to solving what it is as a priority to them. Like it's just, I don't know, maybe I'm going on, but it's just so perfect. Yeah, exactly. And the cool part of it is that it wasn't about selling more Barbie at the time. So 
when they did this, yeah. and they're now launching this campaign, you know, in May of 2021. I'm trying to find the actual stat in here, but oh, a spokesperson for the brand confirmed that Barbie had a record-breaking year in 2020, seeing its highest year-over-year growth in over two decades. So everyone's right. locked down, kids are at home, parents are looking for different things for their kids to play with, to get excited about, so that they're happy to be at home and, and doing different things, playing with new toys. So Barbie's putting their time, effort, resources, budgets towards producing this campaign actually at a time when they don't even need to boost sales. Yeah. It's more about supporting parents through the benefit Barbie knows their brand provides and helping to show parents that they understand what they're going through and the benefit of Barbie Play even in a year when they don't need to sell more product. And from what I had seen uh, around their data and stuff like that, they've been working on this uh, for the last six years in, mm-hmm. in really understanding how to get to the root of the problem. They knew Barbie had a negative connotation. They knew there was a lot of updating that needed to happen. So they've gone behind the scenes with really not doing anything differently until they understood, much like the Moldy Whopper story from last episode, where, you know, they waited till they were ready. And actually, as brilliant as this campaign seems, I got to believe that work had been done. So again, it was the world's collide, right? Yeah. Barbie's boost in sales happened because of, you know, that's where it kind of validated what was probably their social, their societal kind of thinking saying, we have to make Barbie relevant. We have to, we have to evolve Barbie. We have to evolve, you know, who she is before we can even dip our toe in the water of, of, of claiming it. Now make it about, okay, we were doing this, but how, how should that be communicated right now with mm-hmm. everything that's happened? Right. Yeah, they say the a doll can change the world is especially appropriate for the moment in which we are living. Yes. Children are spending more time than ever at home, so the results could not be more relevant. Yeah, so it's it's exactly that. They believe that there's benefits for children to play with dolls. They clearly that's part of their brand purpose is to help, you know, elevate the skills that children develop through play. So they went out and they did the work to prove why that's good. And then they had this culturally relevant moment in time to say why, which is such a smart move strategically on, you know, on their behalf, because even though they've had a record breaking year in 2020, you don't know necessarily what's going to happen after 2020, but brands who invest during these times um, see, you know, longer term brand loyalty and return in the long run. And that's essentially what they were doing in all this. They reflect exactly what we keep saying is you've got to invest in your brand right now. So record-selling year, proof's in the pudding. You shouldn't take your foot off the gas, yeah. Just because your product's selling itself. <laughs> yeah, you don't put that into more sales because that's that will be an end. There will be an end to that. Um, so what they do is say, okay, time is good. I'm going to guess they invested particularly on putting that understanding of, okay, so we have all this information, all this intel what's happening right now because context is everything right because that study mm-hmm. could have just gone out and then they talk about it and it sounded like but but the campaign itself and the commercial as you're watching it is so liberating to watch as a parent um they create scenarios you know a little boy uh reading a story to a collection of barbies and a stuffed animal and showing that you know boys girls Anybody, however they identify, they're not trying to make Barbie that, but they're trying to make Barbie show the value that Barbie can help 
in 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 how they deal with whatever it is they struggle with as they grow older. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I just was like, good on you, Barbie. You know? Yeah. And you're same, looking great. Yeah. 60 years old. <laughs> she is 60. Not a wrinkle on her. She actually just turned 62 on March 9th, I'm just going to say. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we love this example. We'll definitely share the the link to this article and you can go check out the film as well. I think they're getting the formula right where it's purpose first, proof behind the pudding, investing in the proof, um, and then using that as a great way to communicate with people about your, you know, higher brand purpose to build that love. Are you sure, Lindsay? That contradicts everything you say. <laughs> I was like, no. dang, does it? Say purpose again. <laughs> say purpose again. It's definitely a, a little bit uh, overused in my vernacular. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. So what did you dig up around Barbie? I know you're excited about this what as well. I dig up? Well, it wasn't hard. We all know Barbie's had her struggles. Uh, but I just thought, you know what? Let's uh, Let's look at the history of a brand. Because truly, that's what this is. And uh, it launched so many ships um, that I don't think people can appreciate. And as uh, troubled as Barbie's past may have been in the past, um, they're a company that's built a brand that, you know, weathers the storm. Um, As I've said many times, they've almost marketed this brand as a personal brand. Barbie is a person, um, which could be a key contributor to why she can be so controversial. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. As opposed to a product. When Mattel does something with Barbie that's not right, it's Barbie. Barbie is... It's humanized, yeah. Barbie is ripped apart. And you know what? Barbie just learns. She does her best. (laughs) (laughs) It Definitely this campaign and what you shared with me won me over of just, yeah, I could be... I'm sure I've been a hater here, there, whatever. Um, But anyways, I thought I'd do a quick little uh, search on the history of Barbie. uh, And I found this great one. Um... On a great website I've now used a couple times, and it's called theculturetrip.com. Oh, cool. Yeah, some pretty cool stuff. And this was written back in 2016, but that's what I liked about it, because basically all the stuff we just talked about is about Barbie now, but uh, this takes you right from the beginning. Barbie was born on March 9th, 1959, the day she was officially launched at the American International Toy Fair, I'm reading at this point. Created by businesswoman Ruth Handler to show little girls that they could be anything they wanted to be, that a woman has choices. Now, what was really interesting is I think that's the biggest change that they've even learned themselves. And it was so important at the time. It's not just about little girls. Um, that, right. You know, but it's still true. You have choices, um, which just shows how true they've stayed and always tried to stay to the brand. Barbie quickly became a global icon. While she may not have visibly aged over the last five decades, Barbie has constantly reinvented herself, changing her clothes to keep up with the latest fashions and adapting her image in response to wider social and cultural change with varying degrees of success. Barbie's evolution has been controversial at times, but before we get into her inspirational triumphs and contentious fails, we need to take a look back at her long and fascinating history. Very well written, (laughs) Tony Marie Ford. This was the part I just thought was... Great. Um, before Barbie, there was Build Lily. And I don't know if it's Build Lily. Barbie was introduced to the world as a teenage <laughs> fashion model. Now that I find interesting because when you see the early Barbies, she looks 46 years old. But who knows? Um, her full name Maybe was Barbie. was in Europe? <laughs> well, the, you should see this Build Lily. But I'm even saying Barbie in 1959. If you saw the picture, she's a teen fashion model. Look at it now. Yeah. 
Uh, her full name was Barbara Millicent Roberts from the town of Willows in Wisconsin. But Barbie's predecessor, the Swiss Bild Lily doll, had an image that wasn't quite as clean cut. Unlike other dolls of the time, made to resemble babies and infants. And I think that's what we have to realize. Up until Barbie, right. a doll was a child or a baby. Build Lily was all woman with long legs, fashionable clothes, and glamorous makeup. And to be quite honest, it's Barbie. Like, the this doll, Build Lily, B-I-L-D, one word, second word is L-I-L-L-I, was based on a comic strip character. She was a working girl described as a blonde bombshell. Gotta love the 50s. And Lily dolls were initially sold as an adult novelty. Oh, yes. I'm seeing this. And I, I was like, I don't know what to adult do Adult novelty? Yeah. Yucky. <laughs> Sounds weird. <laughs> I'm just like, wow, that's how different the oh. word, you know? Just like, huh. So Handler came across a doll while vacationing in Switzerland in 1956 and immediately recognized the potential market for a doll that could be dressed in the latest fashions and, and imagined fulfilling adult roles and careers. She brought home three mm. dolls, one for her daughter named Barbara, and the other two she brought to Mattel, um, the toy company co-founded by her husband, Elliot. So, really? yeah. This is fascinating look back right to design and create the first barbie doll i was just like i still and i was fascinated by build lily like that don't fuck with build lily i'll tell you that (laughs) (laughs) uh 1950s the very first ponytail barbie is born so influenced by the movie stars of the 1950s the first barbie doll was fully made up with red lips black eyeliner and perfectly arched eyebrows she wore a strapless zebra striped swimsuit and came with either blonde or brunette hair done up in a cute audrey hepburn ponytail wow so she was in a bathing suit i didn't realize like sure but no that was it she came in a strapless bathing suit she a kinda bathing looked- suit and heels yeah, I didn't see that yeah. picture. Yeah, she was always in heels. Uh, she was known, uh, so she was called Number One Ponytail Barbie. That's what she was known. Sold for $3, which is the equivalent uh, on based on today's economy or 2016 of 25 bucks, basically. Oh, and wow. in the first year of production, over 300,000 Barbie dolls were sold. Like in 1959? Wow. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. I went on Amazon to see how much does your basic Barbie cost nowadays? And and there's some, like you said, uh, I can't remember what it's called. I'll, I'll say it later. But there's so much diversity from which mm-hmm. you can choose. Uh, but your standard one is anywhere from 10 to 15 bucks. Yeah. Interestingly. Uh, so 1960s Maud Barbie. In the 1960s, Maud Barbie meets Ken, moves into her dream house, and starts babysitting. Um, Barbie's first major controversy came in 1963 with the introduction of Barbie. What did Barbie. she do? <laughs> this Barb, is what I mean. What have you been she up didn't... to? <laughs> Babysitting, do tell. You um, mink? <laughs> with the introduction of Barbie babysits, wearing a long pink striped skirt with babysitter emblazoned along the hem. I'm like, I can't even picture that. They didn't have a picture. Like a of it, poodle like, skirt? I get, I don't know. And like a true babysitter, thick-framed glasses. Barbie babysits came with a number of accessories, including a baby in a crib. <laughs> like, that's an accessory. <laughs> <laughs> Depends who you ask, I guess. <laughs> a telephone. A few bottles of soda and a book. Good on you, Barbie. Unfortunately, here it is, Lindsay. 
Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I don't mean a lot. What did she do? Tell book, me, I'm dying. Well, Barbie didn't do anything. Can we be clear here? The book was called How to Lose Weight and had only one Stop page. It. And had weight had only one page of advice that said Don't eat. <laughs> did oh you gosh, guess I'm that? Seeing... No, did it say that? Oh yes! my gosh, I'm just seeing this right now. It says don't eat. How does it say it? It's like in bold letters on a yellow background with a black stripe. Don't eat. Yeah. The Probably backlash from this bizarre. Not good, no. man. Do you know what that's going to do to your metabolism? <laughs> do you want me to leave you and Barbie alone for a bit? You need, you need to give her a little talk, Barb? I'm fussed. I'm fussed now about this. The backlash from this bizarre nod to extreme dieting wasn't enough to deter Mattel. Good on judging Mattel for this, not poor Barbie, who's just a victim of society, um, to deter Mattel from including the book in the accessories pack of another Barbie doll two years later. Slumber Party Barbie wore pink silk pajamas with a matching robe and came prepared for her sleepover with toiletries, a mirror, the same diet book, and a set of scales permanently set at 110 pounds. Now I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> But no, she, they, they, you know, <clears throat> we make mistakes. Do Anyways. we though? This, <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. But it's of a time. Yeah. You got to show some empathy and be like, listen, I am not defending it. But Who it brings would... your scale to a slumber party? <laughs> That's for after the slumber party where you wish you didn't eat all those Cheetos. You don't bring it with you. It's just uh, when you know you ignored the don't eat the one page of the book, you don't want to step on a scale. <laughs> How far did you get? Page one. I'm going. I forgot home my now. book, but I brought my scale, so it's probably not going to go well for me. This, this is insane. Anyways, uh, I do bring it around. I want you to know, I do bring it around. Okay, you bring it around because I'm well, mad not yet. This now, and I was so happy at the beginning. So. I wasn't even born at 110 pounds. <laughs> Unless you're weighing that book. I'm not sure exactly where the number's coming from. Good Lord. Okay, sorry, go on. 1970s. I'm not going to go like, I just picked a few. So 1970s, Skipper, Skipper grows up and Malibu Barbie looks forward. Um, in 1971, with American society, and this is where it's really interesting. She truly was a product of kind of trying to represent something good. But what started to happen is, you know, that something good would somewhat start to fall into what, you know, uh, the left would call appropriate um, versus the right. Um, or is it the other way around? Anyways, in 71, with American society under strain due to violent anti-war protests, economic instability, and ongoing civil rights battles, Malibu Barbie was launched. Now, this is the Barbie you might know and love, or something okay. like it, with a new sculpted face that featured an open smile for the first time, suntanned, makeup-free skin, and sun-kissed hair. Okay. Malibu Barbie was marketed as the ultimate surfer girl. The most significant change to Malibu Barbie's appearance, this will be interesting, was the disappearance of Barbie's coy sideways glance and the introduction of forward-looking eyes. 
a development oh. welcomed by feminists. Okay. Well, okay. She's allowed to look forward now. Yeah. So before it was that whole sort of, she was a very cosmopolitan, demure, 46-year-old looking, you know, 16-year-old. Um, now she looks straight ahead. For the first time, her mouth, she had an open smile. And I'm like, well, she's a doll. Like, it's not like she chose not to open her mouth. <laughs> Also a very tasteful swimsuit, might I say. Malibu Barbie projected an empowered and relaxed persona in a time when many American citizens felt anything but. Interesting. Um, In the 70s, things got a little bit messy, I guess, at Mattel. Um, And they're saying perhaps offering an explanation for the error of judgment that must have occurred for growing up Skipper. So Skipper, I think, was her little sister. Um, So... In 1975, Mattel launched a version of Barbie's little sister, there you go, named Growing Up Skipper, that was supposed to represent the physical change from girl to woman. So I will say this, that's pretty progressive. It just wasn't exactly focus grouped. By rotating Growing Up Skipper's arm, children could watch her torso lengthen and her breasts protrude, thus (laughs) increasing her bra size. Like Lindsay... The public was aghast, and Growing Up Skipper was promptly discontinued. Yeah, good. What is happening? I'm also now Googling this. Yeah. Can we get to the optimism? Where is this? Growing Up Skipper. Hey, what was it you said last week with um, the Whopper? Is it causes controversy? Yeah. And they they always write it and they do good, we hope. Um, In the 80s, Barbie became, what they say, a career girl. Barbie was no longer restricted to the role of housewife or eternal surfer girl. I'm like, wow, that only happened in the 80s? And the 80s saw the introduction of Dr. Barbie, Astronaut Barbie, Pilot Barbie, Day to Night Barbie. That one scared me a little bit. Launched in 85, could have reasonably been described as yuppie Barbie. So, babe, you know, that's when I was a teenager and going like, you know, we knew what yuppies were, young urban professionals. Barbie was described as yuppie Barbie and came complete with office accessories and an evening gown so Barbie could go straight from the office to a swanky city party. Oh, the times <laughs> Lindsay was bringing an evening gown to work and we're like, Lindsay, you know, you don't have an office. Stop. I'm going to a swanky city party after this. <laughs> city party. In the 90s, she starts to talk, to, you know, befriends a wheelchair user and eats Oreos like you know cringe good yeah the Oreos was a total backlash uh because they called her Oreo Barbie and she was linked with it was a Nabisco co-branded thing you know the world's favorite cookie and basically um it was what was it called Oreo fun Barbie hang on yeah. She's finally allowed to put that scale down for a second. Both a white and black version of Oreo Fun Barbie was launched, causing an outcry in African uh, in African American communities who recognize Oreo as a direct derogatory term. Eek. The oh, doll yeah, was that's yeah. not good. Mm-mm. In the 2000s, she ditches Ken, turns 50, and sports a racy new look. She's basically Christy Brinkley. I think that's what happened. <laughs> Um, and then the 2010s, Barbie becomes an entrepreneur and a swimsuit cover girl and finally diversifies. I don't know if you know this. In 2014, Barbie landed the cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. I'm looking at it. And that's what they say is diversify? 
wearing a version of her original zebra swimsuit and featuring the tagline, the doll who started it all. Uh, diversifying is they did some entrepreneurial Barbie and she was backed by like famous uh, successful businesswomen, okay. all that sort of stuff. But I just like, come on. I, I, I still can't understand the value of Sports Illustrated doing that. It must have been a bajillion dollar deal. But when you think of the yeah. target audience, historically, that's fascinating. Um, and then, you know, move ahead. The fashionista range of Barbie dolls offer seven different skin tones representing African-American, Asian, and mixed race features, 14 different hairstyles. And incredibly, for the very first time, Barbie has been blessed with bendable ankles so she can finally wear flats. Can you imagine how her back felt? <laughs> wow. Another new range of Barbie dolls launched with the hashtag the doll evolves is attempting to debunk Barbie's image as an unrealistic portrayal of the female form. These new body shapes, petite, tall, and curvy are now available, which can, which can be mixed and matched with a number of skin tones, eye colors, and hairstyles, including Afro and curly red hair. So to wrap it up, how the toys children play with inform their body image is firmly on the children's health agenda. And I think, you know, at the foundation of this is they, they knew early on, this is from 2016. So this was clearly on their agenda and the reaction to Mattel's mm. attempt to better represent the bodies of real women has largely been met with praise in the mainstream press and on social media for over half a decade. Here's to you, Barbie. Barbie has negotiated the fickle world of fashion, staying in the bestseller section of the toy store as other toys have come and gone. No stranger to controversy, Barbie has sought to innovate and stay up to date with technological advances with mixed results. Whatever her triumphs or fails, Barbie is a global icon, the original, and the best fashion doll in the world. I believe when you said record sales, I believe it was 1.9 billion worldwide was Barbie last year. Really? Yeah. Yowza. And that's my story of Barbie. Was it interesting? Very interesting. And I took out some, like, there was some other stuff. I'm like, nah, it's some not Some spicy bits? I'm going to spend the rest of the day reading about this. If you're in the, if you're, Lindsay, you know, when you're in the spotlight, uh, you know, <laughs> if you're the Gwyneth Paltrow of your street and. It's, it's not easy. <laughs> That's for darn sure. Well, very cool review, Sean. Thanks for that. That's well, awesome. thanks for bringing it to light. It's just, you know what? The world loves Barbie. The entire world. 144 markets, I think. Wow. In, like, it's crazy. Um, it's crazy. So I just thank you for bringing it forward. Because I will say, it's it's uh, it was my favorite campaign I've seen this year. Same. Just, just because of the, everything's going to be okay. It was how I felt. Yeah. And it's a bright spot. Like, yeah. these moments of play can be a bright spot, not only for your kids, but for you, and you can feel good about that. Yep. Uh, yeah, we'll share the links to all of these articles in the notes, so go check out what Barbie's doing now, and we would love to hear um, what you all think about it as well. Go Barbie. Go Barbie. Do you know she ran for president too, right? That was the thing in the 80s. But anyways, she had the helmet <laughs> hair, and so vote Barbie, everybody. Vote Barbie. Have a wonderful week, Lindsay. It's been a joy as always. Same, Sean. Have a great day. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Okay, bye. That's it for this episode, my fellow marketeers. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, subscribe to this podcast at the 2 
That's thetwomarketeers.ca. Spell it out. Be sure to tune in for more marketing adventures every month from us, The Two Marketeers. But you can just call us Sean and Lindsay. Actually, I, I would prefer Wise Guy. Yeah, I, I know you would. We're not, we're not doing that.